1: number one, and we'll be in some of Paul's letters here. We finally finished out our series on Matthew, so i say amen. amen. That was a long one. Well, I kind of like those long ones because it allows us to cover a lot of ground and kind of tie things together like, like that, looking at the entire booklet and, as we did. And I want us to see today that we're chosen in Christ you didn't choose God, but rather He chose you. Praise God. And He has a purpose for you and for me. He has a plan for your life and my life as well. And us together as a people. We're all members of that one body. And He has a purpose for us. Now Paul, when he would write letters, and it was customary back in that day in the first century and, and, and so forth, to usually open he opened generally his letters with a similar tone. It's kind of like today's personal mail. You know, today we would we would write and then sign at the end. Well, back then they actually gave the salutation and greeting and signed at the beginning of the letters, and uh, Ephesians was was no different, and. Uh, he usually would dictate the inclusion of words or of commendation and prayers on behalf of others. we got to take prayer requests today, amen? Paul, Paul was no different. He would pray for the saints who were at a particular church and uh, combine that and, to his introduction. And, well, we have the book of Ephesians. Probably the most spiritual book in all of the New Testament, the book of Ephesians very heavy book. It's not really an earth view, it's a heavenly view of the church. And we're going to kind of look at that today and see that the God we serve is truly the Alpha and the Omega. And He sees the end from the beginning. And uh, these messages here, and I hope you're perceiving that, are tying in with some of our Sunday school that we've been talking about. This one is no different. It ties in with that, what we have been talking about And that really is the plan and purpose of God. We were chosen in Christ for a reason and for a purpose. Before we begin, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank You, Lord, for the opportunity to be here in the house of the Lord among Your people today, Father. Lord, we thank You for Your presence that is here with us. We thank You for the Word that You've given to us. And Father, You know that I'm inadequate in and of myself to convey that Word to Your people. Lord, I pray You'll speak to each one of us today. Holy Spirit, anoint me as Your servant and anoint every ear to hear and every heart to receive. Lord, help us to hear Your message from Your eternal Word. Lord, knit it into our lives and incorporate it into us so that it becomes who we are. Help us to see. Lord, enlighten our understanding today and give us a glimpse of Your will toward us. And Father, we thank You for doing just that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Number one, we'll see the blessings that are in Christ. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. And I'll tell you what, you just read six verses here <laughs> and it will blow your mind. I mean, these are tremendous. I, of all the guys in the Bible that I'd like to meet, I mean, I, there's a whole host of characters. Please, we're going to meet them all in one day. But the guy that really stands out that I want to see is Paul Hoffman. Paul was, in my book, the man. And uh, tradition tells us he was a short fella and kind of rotund and had bad eyesight. And uh, But man, I'll tell you what, if you if you ask me, he is the original... Sheriff Buford Pusser. (laughs) Because that dude walked caught and he carried a big stick. Paul was the man, if you ask me. And I admire him greatly. And uh, what a man of God and what spiritual insight he had, like no other. You know, we look at the other apostles and they're kind of more like most of us. Kind of your average everyday. Paul was a, a scholar beyond. I mean, he was what I would call today, he was educated beyond our intelligence. You know, God used common men and even commoner people like me. And then He used even the the intellectual giants like Paul. And uh, Paul really wrote some things. And God brought revelation to this man. And He is going to begin to tell us that revelation. And concerning our blessings in Christ. Ephesians 1, beginning of verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, do we teach oneness theology here? No, no we don't. I mean, he's describing the Father and the Son here. And it says that, that the, Father, the Father has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in what? Heavenly, Heavenly places in Christ that alone is a mouthful let that digest on you a little bit verse 4 according as He has chosen us in Him who in Christ before somebody read that for me the foundation of the the world chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world That we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. I'm going to stop there. Do you know nothing catches God by surprise? When He made man, and the word for man in the Hebrew is Adam or Adam, and He created the wife from that rib. Those were the only two people that we know of that were created by God. They, they were direct, direct creations of God. We're all from them. We're born of them. I mean, said, let them have dominion over all the earth and subdue it. Rule over it. In other words, like I am in heaven ruling over my... You are on the earth, Adam, and your descendants rule over that in my place as my image as my imager in the earth what happened man kind of messed that deal up looked like the devil was winning huh you look around the world today looks like who's winning God or so you say? things don't look too good for the most high do it I got news for you it's going to be real good here real soon and he knows exactly what he's doing but notice that we're blessed with all these spiritual... Le- and, 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 and is your Bible the same as mine in verse 1? that it says half or as? That's past tense. Not, how many want to be blessed? I want to... Then that's future tense. Here He already says, I've already blessed you with... How many spiritual blessings? All spiritual blessings. All. In Christ. And if you're in Christ and He's in you... What's your problem come on now. oh no well, we're walking it out that's our problem you know and we're walking it out by faith but these are is it in the mind of God everything concerning you is a done deal I mean when he looks down at you he sees Kent at the right hand of the father with Christ co-ruling over creation you're, you're, you're right there beside him why because you're in him and he's in you. sink in a little. I mean, really ponder that for a moment, man. That's, and then we see our little light when well, we, we, we go through some probably we kneel mouth and we ain't going in on that. that, that. God, I mean, I, if I, thank God I'm not God. Because I'd be slapping some. Do you realize? Shut up. Oof. God is so patient and so kind with us, you know. He's chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world. God said, basically, I mean, know, God talks. you go to Genesis 1, and God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. And then they go to Genesis 10, He said, let us go down and confound their languages for nothing is impossible in what they've imagined to do. See, God makes statements, you know. And He said, I'm will make man, mankind, to be just like me. And they're going to have dominion over this realm. But He chose us before He created the earth. That's what the text says. So, did, did God know man would fall? Did God know man would do but He created us anyway.
0: Yeah.
1: Because He has a purpose and a plan that's so far beyond what we can even imagine. We can't even... was it? I have not seen. no, It is not... that ear has not heard. Neither has even entered into the heart of man those things that I prepared for him. Amen. brother, you don't understand. It oh, my, does it really matter. Come on now. Paul said this light affliction, he was being stoned and beaten and whipped or put in prison. This light affliction is but for a moment. He had the eternal perspective in mind. He had the, the, the cosmic view not be looking out of the basement window view like we do today. Come on. And we do well to get that same view of life and of God and the things of God. We do well to to lift our gaze a little higher. And Paul is right here at the top. I mean, he's saying, man, God has chosen us before the very foundation. What What has He chosen you to do? To be His representative in the earth and to rule with Him as a co regent. Think about that for a minute. Now Christ, the Bible says, He's ruled up above every name raised up. I'm sorry. Every name in His name. And you and I are to be raised up with Him. Now Israel, we talked about Israel a little bit in Sunday school, Still, God has a plan for them. He's going to rule over the nations from Israel. But that's a temporary deal. That's called a millennial reign. Millennial means a thousand. But ultimately, Israel will go on into perpetuity. The earth will go on into perpetuity. The church is going to rule over the cosmos. Amen. Israel's going to rule over the world. You ever seen that uh, World Net Daily? Anybody ever heard of that? The book they've promoting that book for a while now. It's called A Jew Will Rule the World. Well, true. It's true. Right? Christ and, and the Son of David. It's true. The church is going to rule the cosmos. Know you not that you shall judge
0: angels?
1: What? We're made a little lower than the... But we're going to be raised up far above every name that is named. In Christ. I mean, man, let that sink in. You'll shout till you drop dead. Your oxygen will deplete. Man, you'll shout so much. Man, that's exciting. He's chosen us. He has a purpose for us. Now, now how long... John, how long is eternity, man? You no one knows. Can't even think. How long is forever? Forever
0: and ever.
1: Now, Te- technically technically god is eternal i used to ponder this uh, and, and I, I, I understand now with eternal he's the only eternal being what does that mean he, he had no beginning no. and there'll uh, never be an end he's all he's eternally pre existent Man, according to the Bible, has only been here 6,000 years. Man. Now, not, I didn't say the earth and different ages and different created, you know, dinosaurs and all that. That's all. But Adam, you only go back 6,000 years. This flood took place 5,000 years of Genesis, chapter uh, 7. So what, what, what man's history... You go back to the wall of history 4,500 years ago. Samaria. All the familiar with Zachariah Sitchin and all his teaching on the Anunnaki and so forth. But we look at at, that Christ coming. I mean, eternity. You and I are created immortal. Immortal. Angels are immortal. What does that mean? When they were created... They came into existence by the will of God, by God, at a certain point in time. And they'll never die. But they had a beginning. Now God is eternal. You and I and angels are immortal. Okay. The difference between God and, and immortal beings, the difference is infinity. I mean, we're not in the same class. But you will never die. Now where you spend your eternity is really up to man. He gives free will, free choice. Same with angels. Free will, free choice. But those of us who have accepted that offer of forgiveness through Christ, that redemptive plan, we're going to go on into a destiny that... You and I will look back upon trillions of years from now. You'll remember this service. We'll remember talking about it. you say, man, yeah, that was... Can you imagine that? That was one of his better speeches. (laughs) (laughs) That was his only only one that made any sense. (laughs) Moving on. Hallelujah. In Ephesians here. Glory to God. Verse 5. He's predestinated us... Unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself. This is the Godhead. This is the Father predestining. What does that mean? It's already been planned out ahead of time. Now notice he used the word adoption. Why did he do that? Well, that's true, but that's only half true. Even the Jews have to be adopted now. What? He disinherited the peoples at Babel and turned over the people to the number of the sons of God. It's still that way today. Who rules over the world?
0: Satan.
1: Satan. And who works for Satan? B'nai Elohim, the fallen angel. Who, who, runs, who, who runs the United States? The devil. Who's in control of the United States? That's a trick question, I know. It really is. God, God ultimately is yeah. sovereign. That, we're not going to dispute that. Okay, But who's running the United States? "What well, nation under God. Who, well, what God is running the United States? The devil States? and his demons. Is it? Is it Angels. really the God of the Bible? Jesus said, you know them by their... Fruit. Satan is running the country. He's running the other countries. He's running all the countries. When will he not be running the countries? When the Lord comes. Boy, Y'all, good, man. <laughs> Tell us that I've been paying attention to all the Sunday school lessons. i got it now. Is the church going to take dominion over the world? No, 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 no. Is the church going to take dominion over the world? No, it's Christ? Christ who will take the many of the world. And then we share in that rulership yeah. based on our faithfulness in Him. At His pleasure. We serve at His pleasure. But He invites us to. He invites us to. That, that's that's the amazing. We who were fallen, who were lost, God predetermined before He even made the world, before man even sinned, He predetermined that there. I'm going to have a race of humans that I'm going to share my rulership with. And they're going to be like me. And if they serve me and follow me, I'm going to make them even more like me. Scripture said we're changed from glory to glory in the very image of His Son. So that when you... Can you imagine when you meet somebody who is truly a believer in God, it would be almost like meeting God because they're just like Him his character, his nature, his, his goodness, his love has just rubbed off on them that they're just like him. You meet some folks, some Christians, and they're like... <laughs> they, they, they don't have the Heavenly father's sit upon them. It's more of the... Uh, <clears throat> doesn't mean they're not saved. I didn't say that. Come on. We, we, we grow. We learn. We, we, we mm-hmm. walk in relationship to God. And his purpose is ultimately, he has chosen us in him that we would be holy and blameless, just like himself. I got a little ways to go. How about you? And verse 7 in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Notice that's plural. Thankfully, amen. <laughs> Not the forgiveness of sin, but sins. I said, "What's the church? A uh, a habitat for the saints? A, a showcase for God's saints?" No, it's a hospital for sinners, and we're all sinners. Amen. Yes. In varying degrees of sickness or illness, we have that illness, and and but we know the cure. Somebody say, "Amen." Somebody help him preach now. We know the cure. We have redemption through His blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. There's nothing you can do or I can do to earn God's favor or His grace. He's not going to like you better because you do something. He, he, he loves you because He loves you. It's His nature. God is love. Man, you can't get no more simple. I mean, that's basic, isn't it? He loves us because He is loved. Look at verse 10. This is cool. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, He might gather together in one all things in Christ, which are in heaven or which are on the earth, even in Him. Do you know what that verse is referring to? The The rapture. The resurrection, that's a better term, but it's the rapture. That in the fullness of times, God has predetermined different ages or times that mankind will go through. What time are we in today? What do we call this today? The age of grace. The age of grace. The the day of grace. Uh, Others call it the church age when God is calling out, listen. Jews and Gentiles to follow Him. Now the church is primarily a Gentile organism at present. Because the Jews did what 2,000 years ago? They rejected their Messiah. He's turned to the Gentiles to call out a people. Now the, the Bible, He's still saving both Jews. I'm seeing more Jews today saved than I've ever seen over the last 30 years. When I first became a Christian, it was unheard of to hear a Jew come to faith in Christ. It was very rare. I only knew of a few. Now it's quite a big. They have several movements now, Messianic movements. Some of them are cultic, hello, but there are some good ones as well. That's and how we know we're getting close to the end. They're beginning to accept. They made us a declaration. The rabbis in Israel from different sects come together, S-E-C-T-S. I don't pronounce that well. But, and they said, we, we're we taking back Jesus. We're going to own Jesus as one of our own. Did y'all read any of those articles? Amazing! Amazing! In my life, they've always rejected any. They don't even want you to mention the name of Jesus. Now, He's one of our own. He was a great teacher, a great rabbi. That's, that's one step closer to He's the Messiah. Come on now. In Zechariah 14, they'll look upon him whom they pierced and they'll mourn as one mourns for an only son. See, God's doing the work in the world. He's saving Gentiles, He's, he's preparing Israel for His final move, He's preparing the Gentile <laughs> nations for judgment. And out of that judgment will come a great harvest. Come on now. And he's been preparing a church for 2,000 years. He's been preparing a people. That's you. And that's me. To rule and reign with him. Do you, do you ever, ever realized or looked around? Do you know, you know, I mean, like how many parents we have here? Come on. We tend to be well you just ask my now grandparents different thing. You know. Now kids act up, my kids act up. I'm gonna blister their eye and anything. You all know that, didn't you? Dad took no mercy, no prisoners. And they didn't act up, did you? Why? Skin would come off your rear end in a heartbeat, whether you he was in a church or not. Okay? What I'm saying is God God is like that with you. God Will put tough love on you. You, you, you ever look at Christians? You know, most Christians have it harder than the non christian Why? You're not a bastard, you're a son. Now, there's only two reasons why a parent will, will, will discipline a child severely. Either they're a masochist or they've got some kind of problem. Okay, and that happens, so you know that. If, if you, or you love that child and you want it to turn out right. See, God will let you go through trauma, difficulty, struggle, heartache, heartbreak. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll be with you in it. But I'll let you go through these things because I'm doing something in you that has a much greater purpose than you can see or even comprehend right now. I mean, that's a fact. Do you think Paul, who who now is in heaven with Jesus, here's a guy who went out preaching, and nobody liked him. I mean, except the few that got saved. I mean, it would beat this guy. He said, "I'm bearing my body the marks of my service to Christ. He had scars all over his back where he was whipped, beaten, left for dead several times, stoned to death several times." Do you think Paul's sitting up there saying, "Man, I hate the fact I had to go through all that." think about I know he, he's a good because I mean, even when he was down here, he said, this is just a light affliction. I'm like, man, I don't think I could even put the grain. He learned a lot on the grace. He saw ahead of time his blessings in Christ and he held on to that. And it pulled him through. What do you do when you go through difficult times? That's the wrong thing to do. What do you do? Not literally. But... You trust. You trust in the Lord. You, you rely upon Him. You, you, you begin to draw closer to Him when you go through difficulty. Because you realize I, I'm not all that. I, I could use some help here. I need help. I need you, Lord. We begin to. And we grow as a result. We get to see more of who God is and what he's like when we experience difficulties than when, when everything's going well. When everything's going well, there's not a person in here. When things are going well, how many like things that go well? You go to your job, you want something to go well, right? You do know, you don't know, say, I'm going to work today and I'm gonna have all kinds of problems. And I'm gonna get in a fight with my supervisor, and this is everything's gonna be bad. No, we we like it when it's going well. You like driving your car and you don't want to hear no funny sounds or things blowing out or you like it when it's going well. When you feel good, hey that's good. But when things go well all the time.
0: Look out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you have you don't need God, you? Do you? Pray. You don't <laughs> pray. You don't seek after Him. You don't pursue. Everything's good. What happens when things start going? Oh, God. me, Lord. Help me. <laughs> She says, she says, cry. Well, that's what we do, don't we? We'd be crying. No, you ain't kidding. I bet you was crying. You'd be going, oh,
0: God. Oh, God. She's trying to make
1: herself look good now. i know you to crying. I'm going to be crying. Oh, Jesus. Help me, Lord. He said, I got you girl." come on. You're covered. But we, we, we tend to... To draw to the Lord. We draw closer to Him when things are are difficult. And that's part of the reason He allows that. And as we draw close, there's a supply of the Spirit of God. We call it grace. That brings us through. And, And in that grace, there's a change in us. God doesn't need to change. He's perfect. You and I need to change. And He uses all these experiences of life the hardships and the sorrow and the suffering to bring about change. Because we're blessed in Christ. Secondly, we have an inheritance in Christ. Now remember when God disinherited the people because of their sin, they wouldn't follow Him. And that took place at Babel. Genesis 10, read the story. They lost their inheritance. They were turned over. To the fallen ones. That's where the human race by and large is today. Well, Christ came, died on the cross, rose on the third day. On the 40th day, he ascended to heaven. And then on Pentecost, 50 days after the cross, he did what? Sent the Holy Spirit and began to infiltrate enemy territory, creating for the Father an inheritance. Now, my children, you can, don't get excited here because. You're my heirs. And when Dad dies, I'll give you my my 7-Eleven cup collection, okay? (laughs) Y'all can fight over my shaving soap. And I might have 50 bucks in the bank, okay? Broke, busted, and help us, Lord. But we're happy. We're happy because we're on our way to heaven. Amen. But you know, some folk when they die, they have heirs to their estate, and then there's actually something too. You know what I'm saying? Come on, oh. you and I, as believers in Jesus have an inheritance because of Him. Now notice, we use the word, Paul used the word adoption. And I never did finish. Why, we, why do you use the word adoption? Because we were estranged from Him. And in order to become a part of His family so that we could rule with Him, let alone be a part of Him, He had to adopt us. He adopted us through the new birth. Through Christ. And that's why He put His Spirit into us. We quiet, we quiet. Abba, we're dear father. So he adopted us. So now we're heirs. Christ is the heir of God by being the only son. And what did Christ inherit? Remember Daniel 7, Revelation chapter 4, and the scrolls and all that. What did he receive? What did Christ inherit? When he died and rose again and pleased the Father, what did he inherit? Think about that for a minute. All things. He said, All things. He says, What did he even say to his disciples? We read it a few weeks ago. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. He's the Father's heir, and has been given all things have been given to him already. And now He's calling you and me to sonship. And we're His heirs. What will we inherit? Oh. All. All and everything. Not going to be one soul in heaven crying. You're not going to find one believer with a tear coming out of the side of their eye when they walk into their inheritance. Think about that for a minute. Now, in the millennial reign, there'll be some crying because people didn't do what they were supposed to them, and they're going to be left out of some things. But we're talking about when it's all over, when it's all over, and we walk into a new heaven and new earth, it's going to be joy unspotted. All joy. We're going to inherit all things. Oh, hallelujah. Now, you may be a disobedient so-and-so today. Come on now. God will smack you. But when he's done smacking you, you're going to be grateful. Now, i got, like, i only got two of my four kids in here today. Now, I wasn't an abusive father, was I? But if you acted up, what happened? You, you get smacked. Are you sorry I did it? Why? We are now? There you go. There you go. Thank you, Jim. That's how it works. And you know, God is no different. You know what? Amen. God is no different. He'll correct you. But look at this inheritance in Christ. Ephesians 1.11 In whom we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated. Predestinated. Before anybody was even here, He already predestinated you will to be here. According to the purpose of Him who works all things after the counsel of His own will. You know, God doesn't need to counsel with anybody. He doesn't need advice from any. He's all sufficient, totally complete in and of Himself. He knows what He's doing. He knows what His plan is, His purpose is, and His will is. Verse 13, In whom we also trusted after you heard the word of truth. You know, God, the Bible tells us God chose the foolishness of preaching to save them that are lost. Well, that's what I'm in. I'm I'm in the business of foolishness. Come on. Amen. But they heard the Word of truth and trusted in God. The Gospel of our salvation. Isn't that what it says? In whom also, after we believed, we were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. There's the triune Godhead right there. Father, Son, Son, Holy Spirit, all mentioned in here in this one chapter. In this first chapter of Ephesians. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Three in one. Not three gods, three persons that make up who we call God. Who's in heaven right now? The Father and the Son. Who's on the earth right now? The Holy Spirit. Who's coming to earth that's in heaven right now? Jesus. Jesus. Who's going back to heaven who's on the earth now? The Holy, the Holy Spirit. When He that led it is taken out of the way, then the man of sin is revealed. Christ returns in all of His glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Then we read, after the millennial reign, the triune Godhead will dwell on the new earth among the people. Hallelujah. But God has a plan. Look at verse 14. The Holy Spirit is the earnest or the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, that's you and me, unto the praise of His glory. No one in here right now that is an ardent believer in Christ been spiritually born again. None of us here have our inheritance. Man, we're not even in the purchased possession yet. We're His purchased possession, still in a fallen state. We have a, a, a portion of His Spirit in us. Somebody said, I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I had a woman tell me that one time. I said, you're full of the Holy Ghost. You wouldn't act like you Don't <laughs> we'll be claiming stuff like that, girlfriend. Huh? I mean, I'm not that full of the Holy Ghost. Needful of the Holy Ghost. We have an, an earnest. The earnest. When did you get sealed with the Holy Spirit? When you got saved. Pentecostals would be like, that's when you get the baptism. No. When you got saved. The moment you trusted Christ, you were regenerated, born again. God sealed you. Now, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is an endowment of power for His service. Okay, that's a different experience altogether. The Methodists called it the second blessing. Hallelujah. God's got a second. He's probably got a third, a fourth. Of them. He's got a lot of blessings. Amen. Hallelujah. But He's redeemed us and purchased us. We belong to Him. And when, like He just, we, a few verses earlier, when the fullness of time is He's going to gather us all together, those in heaven who have gone before us, those of us on the earth, and we're going to have a new body to go along with a regenerated spirit. We're not going to have this old stinking thinking. Come on, we'll have a new mind. It's going to be good, good, and real good. Amen. Let's say amen. Hallelujah. I don't know about you. That, you know, that would make an Egyptian mummy just sit up and shout, man. <laughs> Been dead 6,000 years laying in that tomb, brother. Stand straight up and shout. Glory to God. Before the church be like, See, God, yeah, oh, that's fine. I got the road storm. now. <laughs> That's good, man. What God has for us. Mm. To the praise of His glory. Thirdly and lastly, God, through Paul, is praying that He would open up our spiritual understanding. Look at verse 15. Paul says, and he's praying this, and I pray this a lot. I really do. Because I need it. He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. That's why I like Paul. He, 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 I'm like, he just wrote one sentence and I'm having a hard time wrapping my mind around just what he just said. How many words is that? I mean, let that sink in. That'll blow your mind. What did he just say? You know, can I could speak for three hours and not say what he just said in six words. Whoa. He would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. We 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 need that. I need that. Our knowledge of him is very incomplete. Oh God. You know. Just listen to listen to us talk. Privately, or whatever, we we, we we don't really understand. We really don't comprehend. Well, look, I know I don't. Maybe you, you say, oh, Don't talk to me like that. Well, I mean, I'm talking to myself. I don't. I, I'm dense. I'm dull. I, I, I need the Spirit of God to give me wisdom and revelation something that I can't know on my own. He has to reveal something to me so that I can understand and comprehend what He's saying. God, You have great things in store for me in Christ. and you, In order for me to understand that, I need spiritual understanding. He says, verse 18, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened so that we may know what is the hope of His calling and what the riches of the glory of His what? Inheritance is in the saints. I said, Kent, do you know what God has for you in glory? Kent would be just like me. No. Uh-uh. But what's Paul praying? Think about it. What is he praying here? That you would know. That you could see it. Now, do you think Paul would pray that? If it wasn't possible. I'll give you a key. I think Paul found the key so why you and I could ask a wonder of Paul, why, why did he go through all that and just it didn't seem to phase him. I think because he had the eyes of his understanding enlightened and he saw. You remember Stephen when in the book of Acts when he was getting stoned for his witness for Christ? The Bible said he, he, he looked up. He was, he was being stoned to death. He looked up, he said, I. I see Jesus standing at the right hand of the. At that point, he felt no rocks. He felt no malice. He just, his understanding was opened up. His eyes were enlightened. He saw. And then he, Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I guarantee you, somebody starts getting me with rocks and stuff. I'm not going to be like, I'm going to be looking for my 44 here. (laughs) Even you old fella isn't me, brother. I'm gonna jack you up. <laughs> Something has to happen. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the man's eyes. Well, he, he, he just and I'm like, Lord, please let let us see that. Let us see things the way you do. Let us see things the way you do. Give us our your your spiritual sight. Help us to understand. And look what he says in verse 19. And What is the exceeding greatness? I I think in the English classroom, I think they used to try to teach me this when I was in school before I quit school. I think that's an adjective. Am I right on that? Exceeding greatness? Maybe that's an adverb. I don't know. Somebody's smarter than me now. Y'all know better than this stuff. Now y'all can't, now wait a minute. Y'all how many, y'all went to high school? I didn't even get that far. Come on. Describing the greatness. Adjective. Adjective. And it's a superlative word that he is using. Exceeding greatness of his power. To who? Us word. Who believe. How many believers we got here today? Amen. According to the working of His mighty power. Did you know, Eleanor, that that, that God is working in your life by His mighty power? And He's doing exceeding great things in you toward your future goal and aim that He has for your life. Now, I know Eleanor, just like me and everybody else in here, we we tend to just see what's on our plate and say, ah, this ain't too good. Try to explain to a little kid that broccoli is a good thing. Some, Some adults are like, I don't like that either, man. Work with me a little bit. Try to explain that eating those vegetables is good for you. It'll help you. Eat what's on your plate. So you'd be big and strong. I want French fries. I want fried chicken. How about a little baked chicken? I don't I want fried chicken. How about some of the uh you know maybe some spinach? I I want apple pie instead. Why do we have all that other stuff that we might not like that's on our plate? Why does God put things on your plate you don't like? Because well, He knows it's good for you. He knows only without it you're not going to be healthy. He won't be healthy. He wants you healthy spiritually, Amen. And He's using His mighty power to subdue, to bring us into line with what His will is for us. Folks, be all talking. I just don't understand why I'm going through this. I why me? Some folks just, just hard to break down. I mean, God just you a tough nut. He does I cracked him with my hand, right, Ross? Try that with a black walnut. Some folks just like a black walnut, they just hard. God's got the big hammer, he just smack it up. You ever try to I get out the hammer. I can't even break it with a hammer sometimes. Hello? It's a trick. It's a trick, brother. <laughs> <It's> a trick. <laughs> Hickory nut. Yeah. Some hard nuts in there. God has to really... He, he knows all the tricks to pop you wide open. Come on. So he can extract what he wants out of your life and put some things in that he wants in. Take some things out, put some things in. Somebody say amen. Amen. But it's His mighty power that He wrought in Christ. Remember, Christ had to die before He could be raised up. You can't have a resurrection without a... Jesus said, if any man will come after Me, he must do what?
0: Take up his, Take cross. Up
1: his cross. he had to die. That's the ugly part, ain't it? But here we're looking beyond that. All of that. All that messy stuff. Come on to what's to come. One of the things you'll find unbelievers will give you a a fit with, I do this all the time, and at at this point it doesn't matter to me, which is, you people are, you Christian people are just, atheists, they love to debate. Y'all just escapists. You're living in an escapist mentality. You have to have a God to get you through if there is a God and He does get us through, uh, you're in a heap of trouble. I'll play it safe. Hello? I don't mind admitting my fault, my need. Christians are just weak. That's what it is. Haven't you heard that one? You You have to have a crutch. Uh, I understand some things. God showed me some things. He's got some great things ahead for us who do believe. Amen? He wrought this through Christ. He's the central figure. When He raised Him from the dead, you and I were raised up from the dead with Him. Literally. But I haven't been raised up yet. Oh, hold on, it's coming. And that's going to be a heck of a ride, let me tell you. It says He set Him at His own right hand in the heavenly places. That's where He is. That's where you and I, my friend, are destined to be. We're headed that way. Hold on. Look beyond the here and now. Look beyond the circumstances that would seek to discourage you. Look beyond that. You're going to the right hand to be with Him. It's going to be glorious. I want to sit up on the Father's lap. Say, Lord, let me just let me check this out. You know, I, I, we probably won't even want to leave. Hello. Said, that's crazy, preacher. You say something. That, that, that's a dumb thing to say in the pulpit to say. I like my little grandchildren sitting on my lap. Amen. I don't think that's dumb. I enjoyed their presence. Come on now. I think the Lord will enjoy it. Come on Our lives are centered in Christ, Church. Our salvation depends on our continued union with Him. We need a relationship with the Lord. Amen? The blessings of God, the power that we have to find victory in this world and ultimately in the next, all focus on the person of Jesus. Not our own merits or not our abilities or talents, but on Jesus. Paul's message to the Ephesian believers that we looked at today is the same message the Holy Spirit has for us today. The same one. Blessings in Christ. We have an inheritance in Christ. And we need our eyes open to spiritually understand what God has for us, just as they did in the early church. How can we make this truth real in our world? Well, first off, we can walk with the Lord in personal victory. Hold your head up. Realize where you're headed. Might take faith, hello? but well, walk in faith believe in God, trusting in Him. And when we accept the riches of our inheritance in Christ, our lives will just will radiate. It will radiate His love and His power. We'll be like spiritual magnets. People will be drawn to you. What's different about you? What do you have in your life? That's your cue there, your opportunity to share the Lord. Let me tell you what I have. And what God did for me and what He wants to do for you. Oh, I know it's dark in this whole world, things are going in a different direction, but, but God has a plan for the human race. He has a plan. You have people in your life, family members, people on your job, people God brings your way every day that need Jesus. And you have the answer. And we can call upon the Holy Spirit's strength. He's the earnest of our inheritance. He's in us. And He can flow through us to help others. Somebody say Amen. 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 By God's grace and with His power, we can meet the needs of our friends and families in a way that will further draw them to Christ through our walk with Him. Let's stand this morning